Omagyanatimirandhasya gyananjana shalakaya chakshurin militam yena tasmai shri guruvena maha. The previous verse described how living beings become entangled in this material world. To become entangled in this material world means to become entangled in ignorance, illusion and sinful life. This verse describes how becoming free from from that illusion by becoming free from sinful activities one can again get situated in a proper position which leads to the conclusion gradually described in the next two verses that one gets free from the entanglement of birth and death by thinking of Krishna at the time of death the last verse of this chapter which is two verses after this describes how one can think of Krishna at the time of death which sets these which sets the stage for the next chapter which describes the requirement to think of Krishna at the time of death this is a very important point in this verse that only one who is pure in heart can properly take to devotional service Krishna refers to those who take to his devotional service with determination Dhrata means with a, with a vow of firmness that I will not give this up under any circumstances. This is different to the time-serving devotees. This is a phrase coined by Bhaktisiddhanta Thakur, time-serving. Some people serve God for a particular purpose and then when that purpose is fulfilled then they stop worshiping it. In India you will see there are many festivals for worshiping different demigods. As such, there is Ganesh Puja, Saraswati Puja, Shitala Puja, and so on. Saraswati, Saraswati Puja. Shitala, there are so many, Vishvakarma. So for these, on special occasions, a deity is made from straw and mud and painted very beautifully. So that deity is installed and worshipped for a certain amount of time. And there, the deity is prayed to, offerings are made and benedictions are requested from the deity and then when the puja is over they will take that deity in procession with much singing and banging of gongs and throw the deity in the river or the sea that we worship you for a suitable purpose now okay you must have given the benediction so go away pure devotional service to Krishna is not like this devotional service to Krishna is of the nature that even Krishna, if you reject me, I will never give up your service. And if a devotee has such an attitude, Krishna is purchased by that devotee. Pure devotional service is quite unlike materialistic religion in which, in which one approaches God or the demigods for some material benediction. Pure devotional service is a matter of love between the Supreme Lord and his devotee. Heart to heart. The devotee loves the Lord and the Lord loves the devotees. Lord Krishna develops, says that the uh, sadhunam hridayam mahyam, sadhunam hridayam tvaham, tvaham, varanyate na jananti, nahangte bhyomanagapi, that devotees are in my heart and I am also in their hearts. They know nothing but me and I know nothing but them. He says, aham bhakta paradhino, I am, I am subservient, I am subordinate, I am dependent upon my devotees. 
How is that possible? The whole world is depending, is sustained by God. We are very tiny in relationship with God. Krishna, even though he is infinitely greater than us, becomes purchased by the love of the devotee. For this purpose that Krishna is speaking Bhagavad Gita, he wants Arjuna to fight. And he offers many arguments to Arjuna why he should fight. If you don't fight, people will call you a coward. How about that? You wouldn't like that, would you? If you fight and you win, you'll enjoy the earthly planet. If you lose, you'll go to the heavenly planet. So either way, it'll be good for you. This Bhagavad Gita may not be on the floor, but it's still not very good. Like this, at the feet. It's better to hold it up. Better to hold it up above the feet. Bhagavad Gita is better to keep on our head. Krishna explains knowledge. We are not these bodies. Nobody actually dies. So these are all different reasons that Krishna gives for fighting. Fight from the platform of transcendental knowledge. Do your duty as a kshatriya. But over and above all these things, Krishna wants Arjuna to continue in his relationship of pure loving service to Krishna. And through Arjuna, he wants to invite everybody to enter into that loving relationship. Now, to come to that stage, we have to be free from sinful contamination. Krishna refers here to those who are free from sinful reactions and who are free from dualities and from uh, illusion. Now, what is that sin that we are to be freed from? In the Dharma Shastras or the law books regulating society, beginning with Manu Sanghita, different kinds of sins are described. There are many uh, varieties of sins. To set someone's house on fire, to steal his wife, to insult a brahmana, to kill an animal, any animal. There are so many different kinds of sins. But the sum total of all sins or the underlying attitude which causes sin has been described in the previous verse. Basically, the overall definition of sin is to act in a way that is not pleasing to Krishna or to be envious of Krishna. And that is mentioned in the previous verse. When we develop desires separate from the, the desire to serve Krishna, or when we become envious of Krishna, then we enter this material world. Such desires and such an attitude are in the, that is in itself sinful. And that is the root cause of a great tree of sinful activities. So many different kinds of sin. When we desire anything but the service of Krishna, then we have many, many desires coming. Many desires begin. Hoya mayardas kori nana obhil kori nana obhilash. Rotam Dashtako describes that. Hoya uh, mayardas. When we become the servant of Maya, then we have many, 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 many desires. But when we only think to serve Krishna, then our consciousness is fixed. Those whose consciousness is fixed on service to Krishna, they're Dhrdavrata, they're firmly fixed in their determination. But the consciousness of one who is not fixed in such determination is scattered, many-branched. So, 
getting free from sinful desires and sinful activities. That means to to give up the rebellious attitude of not wanting to serve Krishna. The result of be, of being envious of Krishna is described in the previous verse as dvandva moha dualities of illusion. And in this verse, this dvandva moha is again referred to te dvandva moha nirmukta. Such people, they are free from such dualities. How do they become free from such dualities? How do they become free from sinful attitude and sinful activity? Jananang punya karmanam by pious activities. Now, how is that possible? We understand from the analysis of Rupa Goswami in the Nectar of Devotion, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, that pious activities in the Karmakanda system, they can never be the cause of devotional service. Pious activities um, from the Karmakanda section of the Vedas, they are completely on the material platform. People perform pious activities for elevation to the heavenly planets, good birth, uh, proprietorship of a kingdom, and so on. They are pious activities. They are better than impious activities such as unnecessarily killing people, lying, stealing, cheating, and so on. But they are still material activities. And Krishna consciousness is purely transcendental because it means the desire to serve Krishna. So here our Acharyas explain this pious activities refers to pious activities connected with devotional service. Bhakti is itself the cause of bhakti. A little advancement in devotional service leads to more advancement in devotional service. Many people may perform devotional activities even unknowingly. Nevertheless, that helps them. For instance, we may distribute prasadam to people who don't know that it's prasad. Still, we get the benefit of taking Krishna prasad. Or someone may see our devotees dancing and singing in the streets and say, Oh, that's very nice. They have no idea what is Krishna consciousness. But they think, Well, here are some people, they're happy, that's nice. So by appreciating the devotees, they get advancement in devotional service. And that purifies them. In this way, they become free from sinful activities. Therefore, Srila uh, Prabhupada writes in this purport that all the devotees of the Lord traverse this earth just to recover the conditioned souls from their delusion. Devotees move in this world just to give people the chance to make some advancement in devotional service. For those who have an inclination to hear about Krishna, they explain the process of devotional service. Such people are very fortunate. Those who are willing to hear about Krishna can very quickly make advancement on the path of devotional life. Because by hearing from authorized devotees, and even more importantly, by applying those instructions in one's life, one can very quickly become free from the duality of delusion. And when a person is free from the duality of delusion, which means thinking, I am this body and everything, everything that I see is meant for my enjoyment. When he understands very clearly that I am not this body, I am an eternal servant of Krishna, then he doesn't want to waste a second of his life. He firmly engages in devotional service. But even to those who they are not ready to hear the message of Krishna, the devotees of the Lord are very kind and try to engage them somehow or other in making some progress in Krishna consciousness. So all devotees are very fortunate. 
they have received the, the gift of Krishna consciousness, by which they are able to progress towards the final goal. And every devotee should always remember, as Prabhupada points out herein, that devotees, they also have a duty to try to help to raise others to that platform. In this age, people can very easily be delivered from material life simply by chanting the holy names of Krishna. So devotees don't only think of their own benefit. They don't only think, well, how will I become advanced? I be happy in Krishna. They are more concerned to sacrifice their lives so that others may be benefited. So see what we can do within this Sankirtan movement. Everyone should think, how can I live in such a way that others may be benefited? Of course, we don't think that I'm such a great personality, I can benefit others. Mm-hmm. But we may think how to use ourselves as a tool in the hands of our spiritual masters so that we may uh, help them to execute their mission. Mm-hmm. Their mission is to serve, our spiritual master's mission is to serve the mission of their spiritual master. And all simply want to serve the mission of Krishna, who has come as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu mm-hmm. and says, Jare deko tare kaha Krishna upadesh Amaragai guru haya taro edesh Just go everywhere. Wherever you meet, inform them about Krishna. In this way, become a guru and deliver the land. Hare Krishna. Is there any question, please? What's that you're making? It's making dress for Gornitai. You said that Krishna can reject his devotee. In what cases it can happen, take place and what may be the reason for this? Krishna doesn't reject his devotee. But the attitude of a devotee is that even if Krishna were to reject me, I will never reject him. Superficially, sometimes Krishna rejects his devotees. He leaves Rindavan and leaves all the devotees lamenting. But that is actually only to increase their love for him more. Anyway, we shouldn't think too much about Krishna rejecting us. First we have to think how Krishna is going to accept us because we have rejected him. Let's get back home, back to Godhead, and then so many wonderful leelas may unfold. There are many beautiful pastimes of Krishna. In Chaitanya Mahaprabhu especially came to relish the feeling of separation from Krishna. So this is described in Chaitanya Charitamrita. It's very thick nectar. If you get milk and boil it down and boil it down and boil it down, it becomes very thick. So that we can relish as and when we reach the liberated stage. Mm. Please. Hare Krishna. Hare Rama. Yeah, so a devotee's suffering is not suffering. That apparent suffering is the cause of their more bliss in Krishna consciousness. Even in our movement we often see Devotees, they go out in the very cold weather to distribute Prabhupada's books and they become completely ecstatic by doing that. To be out in the cold is certainly suffering, but the transcendental pleasure they get from serving Krishna in such difficult conditions that uh, 
that far transcends any apparent suffering condition. Those who surrender to Krishna and serve him in all circumstances taste the sweetness of surrender. This cannot be understood by material logic because it's beyond material logic. Hmm. Hmm. Sometimes Christians, they're uh, saying that um, Bible forbids to worship idols, but you are doing this. How to explain to them that we are not worshiping idols? You can explain, but if they're, if they're open-minded, they'll listen. But mostly we find they're not very open-minded. They're dogmatic. Do you know the explanation that's, that's given in Scripture? The difference between idol and deity? You can give that, but if people are fanatical, then you can explain all day and night. They're not going to listen. Idol means imaginary form. Deity means actual representative of the lust. Just like the government puts different post boxes. If you, that's government authorized. If you put the letter in there, it'll reach the destination. Someone just puts some imaginary box. Some, anyone puts some box not authorized by the government. Then uh, that you can put your letter in, but it won't go. God is a person that is accepted in the Bible. He has a form, so he can manifest himself in different forms if he wishes to accept offerings from his devotees. And even now, devotees, men devotees had bad feelings towards women devotees. Is it the many devotees? You mean women devotees and men devotees both had bad feelings? Well, you're talking about male devotees. Male devotees. Yeah. And is it the actual statement uh, statement of the of shastras or, or not? Well, can you can you um, supply any such shastric statement as such? mean that uh, while giving lectures, devotees, male devotees, uh, uh, offending female devotees, and in Gita, Krishna describes a devotee who is dear to him as Advaita Saravabhutanam Maitra Karana Evacha. That devotee has no bad feelings towards anyone, and he's friendly and compassionate to all. Devotees should be friendly and compassionate to all. At the same time, he has to deal with living beings in different bodies according to their status. He may love the tiger as a fellow jiva, who is ultimately a servant of Krishna, but he doesn't go to embrace the tiger. That would be foolishness. Similarly, we are advised, Matrivat Paradareshu, that a man who is married should should see every woman except his wife as his mother. Generally, in Vedic culture, girls are married at a young age. Um, there was not such a thing as brahmacharis and brahmacharinis living together in ashrams. So brahmacharis are enjoined to respect their mothers, uh, not to disrespect them or disregard them. At the same time, they should be cautious in dealing with them, not